Gather Round, 12 rows back of back uh, for a recap of Gather Round. Uh, that was a very exciting nine games in various parts of South Australia. So welcome my co-host Tom. How are you travelling, Tom? Yeah, good to see you, Seb. This is a, uh, a first for us this year, a, a Saints loss as we come in, but uh, not a performance I'm, you know... I can rip into the boys about it. Was it was a good uh, good effort? Uh, we'll get into that game. Uh, obviously, you know the Saints are going to come up, so I've gone early on them. But love what I saw with Gather Round as a concept, and uh, looking forward to discussing it with you this week. Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed to tick a lot of boxes for for the general footy public, um, and we'll. I'm sure we'll cover a few things, but uh, I think I think my biggest takeaway is it's. One of the most wide open competitions off I can remember in a long time. You've got anyone from first to sort of twelfth, thirteenth, maybe. There's maybe at thirteen or fourteen teams that can win on any given Saturday. And there was nothing more telling than sending some of these games to a neutral venue. It just it made it that much harder to tip and predict and, and work out who was gonna win. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, we'll we'll never know, but it would have been, you know, this round at the venues it should have, with the results of swayed. But I'm with you. The the neutral venues it it added something to the contest. It sort of, I mean, I we're footy heads on this show, obviously, but I had intrigue about every game because I just wanted to see sort of how each one would go. You know, there's always sleeper games that you 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 know you watch, but they're not set your set your clock to and and get to get to them but there was something about every game this week and it yeah it had that intrigue it had that interest it was yeah any up for grabs and we saw a lot of good games so yep ticking boxes i reckon early on the gather round and from what i've seen actually i think it's going to stay in south australia for the next few years yeah yeah that was it was an interesting uh announcement almost like they've known for a little while that was going to happen um but yeah till i think 2026 it's locked in till and then they're gonna. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I don't know what the AFL is gonna do. I don't know what the overall. Don't know what the overall aim of the round is, Tom. I haven't actually worked that one out yet. Um, well, that's fair. Well, look, yeah. Let, let's let's just get into the gather round stuff. It is the uh, well, the talk of the town. So yeah, you're. you're stunned on the on the concept and what it's its future or, or what it what it does being in the same state or even just in general no well it, it look i'm not negative about it i don't i don't see anything wrong with it i think it was great um just i i my my initial thought was this is to grow the game and bring everyone together for footy but if this was in new south wales or queensland it wouldn't have worked and they're right people who say that um, you wouldn't have got anywhere near. You know, all games wouldn't have been a sellout. You wouldn't have had that much interest um, if it was up in those states. So now we're just locked into playing home games away in Adelaide. Um, but all the clubs have ticked off on it from what I hear. A lot of them liked it, got to travel, bit of that team bonding, have it earlier in the year. Um, it's I just... I'm being well, do you think it can work anywhere else? Like I'm hearing different arguments about different states. So South Australia worked. It was a, a market that loves footy. They all turned up, uh, which we'll get to actually some of the crowds. Um, you know, WA, does it work given, you know, the travel factor? Could it go down to Tassie? Uh, how would it go down there? You know, 
obviously we're worried about Queensland, New South Wales. I think maybe Queensland might do it better than New South Wales, but they're they're risky. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I like the growing the game angle. I think, yeah, you got to consider Queensland from that that point of view. Um, uh, and I, I look, I don't mind that we've done it our own way. I know it's sort of everyone's talked about us pinching it from rugby, but they actually do it at the same ground, which just wouldn't work, I don't think, for AFL. No, well, their magic rounds all at the same venue. Yeah, our games are too long. I yeah. think is the issue. Um, if it was one ground, there's only one in the world that would work, and then suddenly we're just playing another game in Melbourne. Um, it look it, it it was exciting. I guess my gripes are hiding games like a Freo Gold Coast at four o'clock on a on a Friday. Um, we said it last week. It was the most hidden game of all time. Like yeah. in like in modern times, I, I don't think they've they've done a better job at trying to keep it away from fans. To be honest, like you, you love your time difference in Perth, but what was it over there? Three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, if you if you're a Frio fan. Yeah, yeah, five ten local. Wait, no local five ten our time, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so four forty local. Uh, sorry, four forty local. Yeah, which is three ten. Perth time, so the Freo fans had to. Well, I don't think they work that late in WA, so um, they're typically typically off by that point in the day. But that was that was odd, and they sort of had to do it. I mean, North Melbourne and Brisbane played at what, what was effectively just a suburban ground with a bit of grandstanding put up. Yeah, um, what was wasn't it put up there? It it just. Look, it, it was great, and everyone's embracing it, and the media are loving it and all this. I, I think one of the big positives was it forced the Fox commentators to actually attend the games. They all flew yeah, over and were actually there in person. Um, if anything, you, oh, you're onto something there. It, it was just buzz. It just generated buzz, basically. Like we, Did we, it? We, Did well, it? we're talking about gather around as a concept. It's all I'm hearing, and gather around this, gather around that. You know, Maybe this year, because it was the first, there's a slight novelty factor, but... I mean, maybe I. I mean, we we're biased. We read a lot of footy. We're into the footy. I'd be interested to hear your sort of more neutral observer or someone from South Australia. Did it influence you attend? You know, to attend a game you wouldn't have naturally attended. I'm not sure. Um, I thought there was a bit of buzz behind it, but yeah, again, you know, we're everywhere. We're media. We we live and breathe footy, so we're we're a different audience. Well, yeah, I'm I'm relying on. Uh, the people who are telling me there was buzz, which is just the media who have gone over there, and they're not going to say it was disappointing. Um, look, it, it's a big tick, and we'll see where it goes in the in the coming years. But um, a couple of things: you can't have multiple gather rounds in a year. People are talking about how we'll have one in Perth as well, or have one, you know, multiple spots. That then takes the novelty effect out of it. Um, well, and like we've said, it's an additional round. It, it's added to the fixtures. So we're going to add a 24th game to the fixture to get a Perth, you know, a Perth gather round. I don't think so. Yeah, which I wouldn't be against, to be perfectly honest. But, um, yeah, it. I, I, I don't know. I just – I'm not buying the massive hype that is being sold. And I can't quite put my finger on why. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll – We'll see what the fallout is next week and next year and when they schedule it, when they put it in. Um, but there were, overall, it was a pretty high standard of footy. 
Oh, absolutely. And yeah, maybe the, you know, it was almost, well, like we saw in the COVID year, that it just brings a different factor when you, there's neutral venues involved. So we, we did see a fair chunk of it in, in 2020 and, you know, shades of that. It was, yeah, how's this team going to go at this ground that they've never played at? Um, you know, the Swamp, he had a day out at the, I think that, yeah, that Suns Frio game had some Suns blokes who have racked up their 20th AFL venue. Look, there was all that intrigue, but um, it, it brought some good footy. I think, yeah, you, you could grab a headline from most games, really. I mean, yeah. was there a game that didn't grab something to grab your attention in some way? Uh, North Melbourne, Brisbane. Brizzy kicked a fair score. If you, if you want to steer into that, maybe. Yeah, but what's what does that mean? Brisbane beat up on a bad team again. What does it mean? Eric Hipwood had a good game for you, Seb. I don't know if you enjoyed watching his work firsthand. I know what your comeback will be, but you know, he have, had you, a solid have you have you did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah, I saw the game. So he's getting cheap ones over the top and out <laughs> the back. It was taking chess marks. No, no, I know. Full credit well, to him, but. Um, we no, we didn't learn any, we didn't learn anything from that game, and yeah, I mean you hang on to the score, but I mean, have Adelaide arrived? Did did you like what you saw? We'll start from the top Thursday. Are they a legit finals chance? The Crows. Oh, finals chance, yes. Premiership. They're around the bubble. They're around the bubble. I what does that mean? Around the bubble? Like you're not saying they could win it this year. No, but they're one of the teams that are right outside. So th- this is my thing about the league right now. No one's actually said we're the favourites. We deserve it. We're going to win it. Not one team has said that to me yet this year. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I mean, I would have said the D's, but then have a look at what they did over the weekend. The Cats are sluggish. You know, well, I'll challenge you on the Cats, Tom. Well, they sorry, all right. They have been sluggish. They've had a couple of live kills and played themselves back into some form, particularly uh, some certain players, but. Look, the, the, they've got the biggest claims, but you wouldn't say there was, yeah, like you're saying, there's not an out and out, you know, I know you have the top of your pyramid, which we'll get to, but even that is up for grabs. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm, I'm reading it, Tom. Uh, let's get into the winners and losers. Yep. I reckon there's, well, I mean, Friday night, Friday night, it was Thursday night. Yeah, uh, Thursday night. Adelaide are certainly the big winners of the round overall, I reckon. Yeah, on, on their home patch, uh, you know, the prime kickoff for this gather round in their own state, uh, you know, most of the footy world watching on a Thursday night, playing the Blues who had been undefeated at that point, and they just towed them up. It was one-way traffic. It was. It, but... Eight goals to two to start it off, and they just cruised from there, basically. It was, yeah, it was something I hadn't seen from the Crows yet against some real quality opposition. Um, and they basically finished the game at quarter time. And Carlton had parts of the game on their term after that, but weren't able to get scores or enough scores to get back into it. They got to within, I think it was three or four goals. Yeah, and that was that was the difference. If Carlton, if, if instead of them being eight goals to two, it was six goals to two, then they're within a kick, and that is a different game. But they used all their petrol tickets to get within three goals, and then. Adelaide were able to sort of find a way and drive out and and have a good win at home, which no, certainly you can't say this is Victorian, but uh, getting the extra home game is certainly uh, an advantage. Oh, a hundred percent. And then they cashed in. I mean, yeah. 
I'll be honest. I'm, I'm watching the Crows and and having to just double check a few of the a few of the names. They're they're an unheralded team, I guess. Forward line will, you know, we can talk about that for days. It's just clicking and it's riding gear. But otherwise, it's a pretty nondescript rest of the lineup. Uh, they're all honest, you know. And look, I, I learned a lot. You, you know, they're they're going to play that game where yeah, if they can just get it forward, there that's where they've got their star power. But they'll be honest on the you know across the rest of the field. Um, I, I like what they did against uh, Adam Saad. They really did a real crunch. I know he still had some possessions, seventeen, I think it was, but he just really lacked impact. And you know, with Doherty out, they just shut down Carlton's run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to ask you: Do you think is, is Paddy Cripps injured? Oh, well, I mean, he's out on the field, so yeah, I mean, yes, but if I, I, if I, I take you back a few years, if I take you back yeah. a few years, uh, I think one commentator who, well, I think the game's gone past this commentator, but I think Lee Matthews said the game was going past Paddy Cripps, and he then went on to when he was healthy win at Brownlow. So I don't think well, it's not an excuse, but I think the way Carlton are. Their, their depth's not there, and that's what I'm starting to accept this. The depth's not there, and if Cripps isn't having a monster game, they're in real trouble. And they sort of got through it last year um, without a Ruckman because Cripps was having such a big year, but right now they're just really getting towed up through the middle. Um, and it was just it was just Adelaide were lining up at patches on, in, in this game. It was just too easy. And, um, yeah, well, they, they I mean, they've got the best targets in the game, a couple of – Coleman medalist, but they really, I mean, I've just seen Tom Tagoning play forward more than I think I've ever seen him of late up forward. But the, 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 the guy, like I, I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a query on them. Well, look, if I'm being honest and you'll, I know exactly where you'll go with this, Tom, they're set up and the, the, the way the ball's coming inside Ford 50, it doesn't matter that they've got Kurnow Mackay. They could have G. Ablett and W. Carey down there. It wouldn't matter. They're just bombing it in long to three-on-ones, and and these guys are fighting, and, and they're still finding ways to kick goals, uh, Harry and, and Charlie, but the the delivery is just not there. And, and look, for all the, the doom and gloom after this, it's their first loss. And their three wins are drawing a loss, which they're not travelling that well, but they've got the wins on the board and the points on the board to to give them some time to fix it. But I'm I was really high on them, really high on them. Even Sam Walsh came back and looked like he'd miss a beat, but he'll, yeah. and he'll be better for the run. But they've got to get on this inside fifty stuff. You can't just bomb it in this day and age because Adelaide are not one that you look at and go, yeah, right, they're gonna they're gonna restrict you, they're gonna they're gonna tie you up, but but they absolutely did, um, and it was more Carlton's lack of use going forward than it was Adelaide setting up and and you know putting pressure on the carrier. It was just these long bombs in going. Yeah, we got two Coleman medalists. Let's go and they'll they'll finish the job off. Yeah, I agree with that. Just yeah, lacking the smarts. I mean, yeah, I mean they do have the good kick, so it it, it's, it might be as simple as lowering the eyes. But I, I think yeah, it's it's. A team under well, they were under pressure the other night, so they it was almost a bit of panic. I want to go back on Adelaide and give a shout out to uh, Big Darcy Fogarty who ripped this one to shreds. He's been threatening to explode for a few years. I'm not, I mean, five goals three is huge, and he looked the goods. So you you want to see him do it for for the rest of the year, really. I mean, if he can maintain this standard, obviously he'll be out of this world. But even sort of his two three a week, he he, he sort of. 
I mean, there was probably talk of him being traded out. He's been in and out of the side. If, if yeah, he can really click and add what they think he will in this forward line, it will be unbelievable and dangerous. And, yeah, he really showed the Blues something uh, on Thursday. But it, to just put a little dampener on that, he's kicked three of his goals when the game's done. Yeah, but he just had... 29-minute mark, 23-minute oh, yeah, can... mark of the last quarter. Maybe padded it, but I I did enjoy his game. I think, yeah, I didn't say it. Well, I was leaning towards him exploding. Maybe I got excited with the five, but yeah, I think, it, you know, you just want week in, week out from him, and I think he's starting to get to that point. I know he's back from injury, but he had something, and he's been inconsistent. So I'm just hoping that he's putting this together and it can reach that level that we thought he'd get to because they, they gave him Roos 32, you know, Rashudo's 32. They had big wraps on him. He, he's been, yeah, super, super yo-yo in and out of the team. So if he can really, yeah, become that player, I'm just excited to see it, Seb. The comp will be better for it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. He's got a very good leg on him. Um, and they've got the Hawks next week, which if they're serious about being uh, top eight contenders, they'll win that game, although it is down in Tassie. So... Um, I don't, I don't trust Adelaide yet to go down and win that easily, hands down. So, um, they've got to sort of not put the card ahead of the horse and and focus on the job at hand. Yeah, that little little Hawks mention you got in there. Who? Well, I'll, I'll give you another winner. I, I like Frio. They their season was on the ropes at three quarter time, and and. <laughs> They've just pulled pulled a win out of well, what do they? I know they say uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of the victory. It was almost yeah. The, the Suns, I, I shake my head about them, but you, Freo, you can only win who you're playing, and they they really turned it on late in that last quarter, and just really just a full wave of momentum that they just the Suns couldn't stop, and they're back in it now, Freo. They're still in that hunt. They're uh, what just a game out with. With an average percentage ninety nine, that that'll come, uh, but lose that and it's it's well and truly all over. So they're a winner for me. Yeah, and by the same token, the Suns are a loser, and it's just a question of when for Stewie. Um, you can't be one and four seventy five percent, and and go on to play finals with this year the way it is. So that's that's just a bit bit disappointing for the Suns fan, um, but. The Victorian clubs will start lining up to pillage that list, no doubt, in about four weeks. They'll they'll start reporting this player out, this player out. Um, it, it was great for Freo. Um, I just, you know, I was very high on them, Tom. They're almost my uh, my one B team, um, number one B. But uh, just got over the line, did what they had to. It wasn't pretty. You take it, you move on. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, uh, if anything, you you want Freo to just some of the form that we saw. I mean, you, we know Sean Darcy's a gun, but he really stamped his authority on this game against a second gamer, tore that one to shreds as you should expect. You know, Sarong's gone berserk. He he's sort of had a quietish start to the year. Lockie Schultz on the scoreboard. Things you know, can these blokes, you know, turn the tide? I think. That, that's the question we've got on Freo because, yeah, I mean, they win. I mean, they were almost lucky to beat the Eagles. Let's be honest, the Eagles lost half a side that day. So <laughs> they just needed something to spark them and they found it in that three-quarter time huddle. And now, yep, can they run with it and take it into the next game? But look, the proof will be on a Friday night, there's another winnable game for them uh, against the Dogs on Friday over there. 
can they string it together and build some actual momentum? But for me, in isolation, they're a winner. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, and that that Friday night footy over there, um, six o'clock local. So you better. I hope I'm right saying they all finish at three because they'll have to <laughs> duck on over to the ground. Um, very, very eastern seaboard timing. Um, I've got, I've got the loser, Tom, um, and and it's Richmond, and I'm really enjoying this pile on for Richmond because, well, I, I said it at the start of the year they're they're cooked and. Um, yeah. every, everyone's throwing up the uh, the wounded tigers, the injured tigers. Well, McCartan, McCartan, Rampy. There's three key defenders that were not playing for Sydney. Uh, you've got Franklin, uh, Joel Amati. Even though he's obviously very early on in his career, when the big fellas go down, it really affects you structure-wise. Sydney had all that, and then still through some individual brilliance from T. Papley, ran away with it. And, and How good was a... that to watch, by the way? Like, I mean, we, we've got an eye on him for the listeners out there because we have a, a mate of ours that said he would, he, you know, a couple of first-round picks was overs a few years ago. Well and truly unders. The, the, the bloke's a star. There's not too many that can kick six and a half and just take the game away single-handedly, let alone of his stature. So... That that was a it I think the AFL put highlights packages about game breakers and whatnot. Watch that highlights package. It's just great vision. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Um he was he was electrifying and and we're gonna keep doing it, but Carlton could have used a spark like that on, on Thursday night. Um he was he was electrifying. Like I'm not giving Sydney too much credit yet because they've beaten Richmond. They've beaten the Gold Coast and they've beaten Hawthorne, which is fifteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Yeah, it um, doesn't. It's not great reading when you say it like that, is it? Who and their losses have been what to the D's who are up there and uh, to the Power who are that you know mid table ish. So yeah, yeah so not- they've won the games they should have, and then they've lost the games that would have really cemented them as a premiership contender. That still. Win three, lose two, 132%. That's the second best in the comp. So they're right there ready to to keep launching. I just, I'm waiting to see them against more of these top eight sides rather than the bottom half. Um, but Richmond, the, I think the biggest issue for them is they've traded picks out for Hopper and Taranto. Yeah, well, that was a question I was thinking when I was watching the game. I'm just sort of, they're really, I mean, they've, like we've said, they've pushed push the chips in and they're a bit all in, ring the towel dry on this list. But then what, what happens next? Like, but where are they going to be in two, three years? I mean, they're bottom four as we speak. We're talking chips in, but we said that about the Cats when they traded three first-rounders for Jeremy Cameron. They've effectively traded three first-rounders for Hopper and Taranto, and it's a very different recipe, that. Um, and, and I think most footy fans could tell you that well, actually, maybe they couldn't because everyone's been raving about Richmond. So I really don't know where where people sit on that. But they've mortgaged the future, and the present ain't great. So um, yeah, in a way, it's also it is different to the cats because uh, look, we I keep well, me personally, I obviously think there's retirements are plenty coming for the cats. But you know, when when they went all in on Cameron, you know, they've they've still got a couple. You know, it was what maybe one or two years out of Selwood, but Hawkins, Duncan. Blixavs, all, all the uh, all the veterans have played multiple seasons, and the Tigers have gone all in. But Koch and, and Rewalt, this is their last year for sure. And then 
yeah, what what happens after that? It's sort of let's give twenty twenty three a crack and and build from there. But they're sort of in no man's land from twenty twenty four on, basically in my books. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely they're definitely in a world of hurt. Melbourne Anzac Eve coming this week, so yeah, it doesn't really on get the much rebound easier. too. Like I don't, yeah, I don't see it. Well, both sides are on the rebound, so. If you want to throw that one up, they're both snarling after a loss. But I don't think Richmond have got the ins to sort of come and match it against Melbourne. Um, they're going to have to use the occasion to really wind the yeah. players up and, and and get something out of it. Because one win, like one win and a draw and three losses is not not great reading if you're a Tigers fan. Um, speaking of the Tigers fans, it was a sellout this game. Did you, did you catch this? It was a sellout, but only 42,000 turned up. Um and I think the other 10,000 were the Richmond fans who turned up to the MCG because it was a Richmond home game. I was wondering if, you, if you'd go there. That, that That's some quality stuff. Um, well, look, we, we've heard of sellouts before, and yeah, I've heard of the, you know, I was going to say Telstra Dome. Marvel sold out, and, and you end up with, what, 49 or, or 50, so just under. Like a few thousand might not make it. That sounds like a lot. But 10,000 is, is a lot of no-shows in my books. Yeah, it, it's huge um, when the AFL, rightly so, they're preaching every game's a sellout. Um, we've sold out all the games and they're using that as a marketing tool. Even well, yeah, though, they put the neck out on that one. Well, you've got double headers and one ticket gets you into both. So any Collingwood or Saints fans who are over there who had a ticket and didn't really feel like going to watch the Cats training run against the Eagles uh, weren't there for the first game. And then some of the Cats fans who would have decided, well, We'll, we'll get this one done by four o'clock. We'll jump in the car. We'll be home by about 11 p.m. and can get into work on Monday. Um, they wouldn't have stayed for the later game, and that's that's one of the challenges to gather around. But, yeah, certainly selling all games is a sellout. You don't necessarily get that from an eye point of view on TV. Um, but, well, it, I mean, it did- when was the last time North Melbourne sold out two games in a row, Tom? Because it's just happened. Look, I was going to say sometime in the 90s. I don't even know if you were doing it back then. So hats off to you. He's turning it slowly, Clarko. He's getting there. Um, I mean, I think it it stood out as well, uh, Essendon, Melbourne, because that one was supremely affected crowd-wise by the power playing next. The power fans slammed those tickets and then didn't need to turn up until their game. So I think that, you know, the sellout talk, I think, came out Friday, maybe even Saturday morning. So it was unfortunate that it was right before the double header, where yeah, they they didn't quite turn up in the big numbers. Um, but yeah, back on the on the Friday, yeah, I mean, it, it's I still think it's pretty impressive to get forty two interstate for Sydney versus Richmond. It's bigger than they've ever had in Sydney. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. No, well, and I mean that's the one you're going to go to if you live in Adelaide. You know. You, You'd go to Friday night footy. Same as over here. If we had all the games here, that's the Friday night's the one you get to because you're doing stuff with your weekend and you'd sort of yeah. center it around either the Crows or the Power. So, um, look, not potting the crowds by any stretch and not even well, – I understand why their advertisers being sold out. It's just one of the issues with the way it, it's designed. You've got, what, five – was it five games played total at Adelaide Oval? Yeah, so what did you have uh, Thursday, Friday? Six. Uh, 
Thursday, Friday, and the two double headers. So six two of Adelaide two, yeah, Oval. Six, yeah. And the two double headers, obviously, that hurts your numbers because they averaged, I think, 20,000, 23,000 to each home game, which is down on the season average of 30-something because you've got sellouts, you know, 90,000 at the G, 80,000 at the G, 55 in Perth, you know, so the, the average numbers were down. But um, Well, do they give a crowd figure for the first of the double headers, like, do they no, 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 no. So no. how do you work out your crowds? Yeah, it's it's I the think, eye I, test. I think they get both. Yeah. However many came through the gate across both gets added to both and then divided by nine. But um yeah, we I mean we started with the winners and losers and the sellout on the Friday night. But yeah, Richmond long year ahead and and just with the age of the list, the the players aren't gonna be rushing back from injury, you know, like they're not it's different when you're twenty one you know, 22, you can recover from some of those injuries a bit quicker. These older guys, they're, they're going to need the extra weeks. Um, so it's, uh, I certainly think it's the end of an era in Richmond. And the other thing I'm noticing is their undisciplined play is now looking like real amateur hour stuff. And it's not new. They've always been undisciplined. But when they're on top and winning, it, it just didn't matter. You know, you give away a 50, but we're going to turn you over at half back now instead of on the wing. Like... It wasn't a. It, it never really affected them. But now, when you're losing, some of those undisciplined acts, like Shea Bolton, just whacking him in the chin. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't smart. Why do it, mate? Like, yeah. it, it just makes no sense. But they've always played on the on the edge, you know, white line fever, and uh, it just looks really poor now that they're they're not performing as they used to. Yeah, look, I'll give it to you. I, I bought the Richmond hype, so I, I, it was my moment, Seb, to jump off that wagon. Uh, they are well and truly done. Um, I'll flip it to the Saturday night game, uh, Doggies versus Power. There was, I want to say, massive stakes on this. I know it was, what, probably 11th versus 12th, so on paper it wasn't, but it was, I don't want to say season on the line, but as close as you can get at this stage of the year, uh, and it was on a knife's edge, and I, I was preparing the obituary for the power. I, I was about to come on here and sink the boots in. I was thinking what I was going to say, and then they went bang, bang, bang. Todd Marshall, who I was about to pot first in line, starts clunking them like it's a dry ball and kicking them from everywhere, and he just sparked them, and the dogs had no answers. So um, I know you don't like eight-pointers, but there was a real swing uh, in terms of the the two seasons in this one and, and the power have stayed relevant and the dogs are on the back foot. Yeah. The dogs are in all sorts. Um, it was a game where with the weather and the fact they were ahead, they should have been able to find a way. A good team finds a way. Um, and the power, yeah, it was, it was heavy. That was heavy rain. And they just they kick four goals straight to one goal, two, yeah, four goals straight in heavy rain is is impressive, and Marshall was slotting from everywhere. But um, it was Zach Butters and and Jason Horn Francis who actually really turned the tide. And and yeah, I look, I hadn't seen too much of him firsthand, but I like what I saw. Seb, like oh, you know, you moving on as a Roos fan, power to you for that. But um, you know, he he loves coming out the front of the stoppage. I'll say that. Uh, and you can't miss him with the socks up. So, you know, the power of cashed in, they paid a heavy price for it. Uh, but, she, yeah, you would have liked what you saw from the power. I want to get your thoughts on the booing. Do, do you uh, endorse? Is it overblown? Is it just move on? Is it harsh? Where where do you sit? Well, I mean, 
this was this was probably an example of one of his um his personal growth and learning because he wasn't having a great game to three quarter time. He had nine touches or eight touches or something. He had ten or eleven in the last quarter. Was finished on nineteen, but he kept going and kept working and and showed that he has got the ability and the class and and helped turn the game from them. And then. I guess in this day and age, the media wasn't going to miss a chance to see Kenny Hinkley going to him. And I've got no doubt Kenny was saying, you're capable of it. Just because you're having a bad day, keep your head up. Keep your head up. Keep doing the right things. The game will eventually turn for you and and you'll grow and and get better. And look what happened in the last quarter. Um, He just just kept going. So I thought that was really positive from his end. Um, In terms of the booing, look – I don't really find it necessary to boo players in general. Don't care that he left. We got the best deal we could. Um, I think it's really ironic Kane Corns is the one pushing that the booing was was harsh, um, or, or one of them. I guess Kenny was defending him too. Um, as Kane's made a, a little little habit out of picking on the, the kids coming through. Yeah, uh, obviously, you've got Ginevan. Uh, he was on Sam Walsh for quite some time. Even... Sheasel's set the record for most number of disposals after the first five games. He's doing this every week, mind you. Um, and Kane Corns takes the time to tweet, or oh, how many of these were from kickouts? Because he doesn't think the kickout should be a stat. And it's just like, why not just celebrate what the kid's done and then instead go and look at all the other high possession getters who do take a lot of kickouts? Because his, his numbers actually aren't a lot from kickouts, Sheasel. Like he's taken 13 for the year, you know, as long as he's taking seven a week. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. I, I I think what people need to do, people have now worked out the booing affects him and stadiums are going to keep doing it. It was odd that it was in his hometown that yeah, happened. That's true. The home game. but And Doggies fans who you wouldn't think, you know, that, that's got to be neutrals that were there. I mean, Doggies fans are, would have been part of it, but is that some of the doubleheader Melbourne Essendon fans hanging back? I, I don't know. It is yeah. funny in his own hometown. I'm expecting that when you guys play him, the ruse, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the AFL one. sent it down to Tassie, so it shouldn't be as big as it will. Um, well, yeah, missed, missed a ticket there. Um, but I... I yeah, I, I don't understand why anyone neutral would boo him. I understand why North supporters would feel harshly done by. That seems to be the thing. Boo the player that left. Um, but, yeah. It, well, I it, mean, we, you know, back when we were growing up, you know, the Carey, Buckley, Heard, Voss, the real upper echelon of the comp, you'd just boo him because they were so good and whatever. That was the what we did back then. But, yeah, well, it, you know, he's not at that standing just yet. So it is, it is just... I don't know. It's just that momentum of negativity that that's being stirred up. He, you know, he's this, he's that. You know, he did this last year, left the ruse out to dry, blah blah blah. You know, and it's easy to jump on. It's easy to boo. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. The problem is, it's just an example of the AFL media creating a story out of nothing. Because Kane Corns has written him all off season, saying North traded him for missing an ice bath. Right? He's deliberately inciting this because it's numbers and ratings and all that. And so he starts it and then it goes and then he starts getting booed and and now there's a story about him being booed and there's vision and Kenny's coming out to defend it and then we're talking about that and then people will be talking about the reaction to that and we just keep talking about it so it'll keep happening. Whereas if no one ever said anything, it would just slowly go away. 
because I'd find it actually exhausting trying to boo every time someone got the ball. I don't understand it. The only time I understand it is when someone's, you know, done a like a, I was going to say king hit. We don't really see that anymore, but no, cool, like, you I know, a I'd, dirty play and yeah. then they get booed the rest of that game and maybe the next game against that club. Yep. Like, they're the only times I can really think I've ever thought it's it's relevant, but you know, um, let's talk about it because it's, it's the number one draft pick. That's really what all it comes down to. Yeah, well, it, look, in a way, yeah, I'm with you. It, t- it took away from the Powers win. That that should be the talking point. They were they were uh, struggling there, and they they ground their way back. It it could build their season, but we're talking about this. Maybe Kenny likes it that way. He might have been to that school of deflection, but. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm with you. I don't know if it's necessary booing him in his second year on his home deck. I thought it was strange, but yeah, he, he has that much intensity on him from everyone just because of what's happened and being number one pick and moving on. He's just under a scrutiny that we haven't seen given to many players. So yeah, if he, he, he can channel that and motivate himself on the ground and, and use it, he, he will, <laughs> there'll be plenty of it. So he, he could go to another level. I know players, you know, don't really think like that, but uh, if he is one of those competitive, prove you're wrong minds, if he is, you know, sorry, has one of those mindsets, and he he could t- he could take it, and use it. Yeah, I, I think he will long term. I just it's just going to be a challenge he has to deal with. But um, yeah, I, if he wasn't the number one pick, if he was pick two in that draft, I don't think it'd be happening because he was pick yeah. one, and I think I, I can only assume the neutral supporters see him as a Quitter, and he quit on the North Melbourne. Um, I can't see any other reason why other clubs care that he left. Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Um, big winner, yes, and Bombers. I was just thinking we have to. No, we have to. Uh, we do. You can give them a fair roasting, but this was a statement win from the Bombers. So the query on them was they hadn't really beaten anyone this year. The one time they played a decent side, they got smashed by the Saints. So they come up against the Ds. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have high confidence. I, I'm huge on Melbourne, so I just didn't see the game going this way. And they just, it was just a full performance from the Dons, led by uh, Sammy Draper, and they just... They just held the D's all day. They just did not give them, give them an inch, give them a sniff. Uh, you know, went went the sort of shootout out of the gate, and then really just held them off from the second half onwards. And yeah, that well, third they, quarter. I mean, they, they've done more than hold them off. If the Saints winning by three goals is a smashing, and this is fifty percent more than that, that's a that's a thrashing. Yeah, well, it, it, well, in, it, in your words, in your yeah, words, yeah, no, feel free to jump on that one. It, it look, it, it was. I didn't look. I'm like I said, I'm massive on Melbourne, so I just didn't see the Dons getting this done, and they've really proved me wrong. So th- this is, you know, th- they're trying to build some credibility. You know, Scott's come out and said, "Oh, have patience this year," and tried to dull expectation, but he's just sort of got a bit of that heat off their back, and they can just play footy and get it done and. This this was a statement win. Maybe the the top eight isn't a bridge too far for the Dons now. No, it's not. W- winning that game was the was sort of the catalyst to to doing it. Um, I guess, and uh, this is a really interesting question. Brad Scott's come in, and is he coaching the team that won eleven games, played a final, and and lost? Or is he coaching the team from last year that was up and down, won seven games, but was really a really poor outfit? Like, which team is he coaching? 
It sort of shades of uh, Craig McRae. We thought he was inheriting a basket case of a Collingwood list, but you know they'd made finals recently, and he just went bang and got them playing that finals footy. So I, I think he might have you know reinvigorated the finals outfit, Seb. Yeah, it, it there's not that like, much difference in list, so you know it's 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 fair. It looks like they're a better list than what we sort of thought, and like we know Brad Scott can coach. Everyone potted North Melbourne's well, covered that many times. You know, North's list was awful, but he got us to prelims. Um, so it looks like he's got a little bit more to play with, but it was a little bit of a little bit of a masterclass, a coaching masterclass, if you will. Simple Simon, he's back. Um, the decision to go in tall with Draper and Phillips when it was going to be wet and work Grundy over and not let Grundy work with his strengths, they kicked five goals between yeah. them. That's I mean, huge. That's, yeah, that's massive. Five goals. I've taken 10 marks like to Grundy's three, and I'm saying to Grundy's three because Grundy had 24 headouts, Phillips tw- Phillips 21, Draper 18. Then you've got Jacob Van Royen in his, what, third game, fourth game with four hitouts. Tom McDonald with three. Like, they're not – they're real just part-timers running in there. And, and they're two forwards who have kicked one goal between them. So Melbourne's three players that have had hitouts have kicked one goal, taken a total of six marks, and Essendon's have kicked ten, go- ten goals – five goals and taken ten marks. So – it just really, really gave them the edge, and and they just worked Melbourne over. I mean, people have been critical of Parish of getting empty touches, and I'll put my hand up and say I, I will, was and probably will continue to be. But he works up and down the ground, and even though even if he's, up, he's laid one tackle, he's getting into spots where they've got to go in and around him because um, his goes not tackling and and doing that. But so long as he's working back and occupying space and then running forward, that's helping the team out overall. So, um, yeah, there was a really, really impressive win. I guess the negative is that Zach Merritt's copped a one-match ban for his, his overly aggressive tackle. Um, but we're coming into Anzac Day second versus third, which I think is the highest ladder spot since 2000. Yeah, geez, that – well, I mean, we have – we no one – goes near who should get Anzac Day because they built it in 95. But, it, you know, I don't think it's had that kind of ladder positioning often. So, I mean, yeah, like you say, since 2000. So that's pushing 25 years. This is finally two teams in their prime on this day, which which we'll absolutely love. But, yeah, losing Merritt's massive. Um, you know, I've all, we've always said he's an accumulator. So... Uh, that that'll hurt him, no doubt. Um, I think back on some of those players and and your man Scott and talking about you know what what version. I mean, he's turned the corner on some of the players that are there, and he's getting not career best, but pushing pushing sort of. I mean, as much as you can say that in round five, you know, he's getting those performances. Like Dylan Shield seems like a new player. He he's he's he didn't hit the scoreboard in this game, but he has been, and he's been racking them up. Um, you know, McGrath was sort of where where was his footy at? Was he trade bait or well, he he started solid? He's you know Ridley's sort of back from injury and and doing what he needs down back. You know, Laverde's looking settled. Nick Martin, love him. Um, you know, and Will Setterfield probably had his best game. So it's just you know we we potted the Suns before, but is it just you know that that correct voice and getting the peak performance out of your list? You know, well, look what can happen. I, I feel I'm watching. I know you know, 
it's sort of similar at the Saints and yeah, we're obviously seeing it with the Dons, the right voices getting the right performance. So yeah, uh, look, we're flipping back onto the Suns and I think Stewie's in trouble, but it just, it just sort of shows a different voice, new attitude, you know, understanding your list a bit better. Look, look what can happen and the Dons are doing it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It was, it was impressive. And even he's another one, you know, well, Perkins is on the up because he's a young player. But yeah, I just yeah, I'm. I don't say this often, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Bombers. Said, yeah, no doubt they've uh, they've got themselves into a, into a really good spot, beating Melbourne, who were the premiership favourites, and everyone sort of had them there. Um, that's a really really good win. It's the best win they've had for years. I can't think of a better one to be honest. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if you're leading into a finals joke. You'd, you'd, you'd usually say their best win since X final, but how far back can you go with that? I think yeah, it expires or... after 20 years. So, uh, you know, it's probably their best one since the, the win that got them into the finals a couple of years ago, maybe, but well, it, think, it was huge. It was huge. I, I think that streak's old enough to drink now legally. Um, <laughs> well, it's getting right up there, but look, <laughs> we've just, I had no intention of doing that, but I just couldn't help myself. Um, yeah, look, Anzac Day is huge. No matter which way you point it, it's huge. Um, Collingwood coming in, beating the top team on top of the ladder. Essendon have come in, beating the premiership favourites. Um, and we probably get a fizzer somewhere in there. <laughs> so um, neither team's really got a forward line. That's probably the big question. And that was my question over Essendon with no two-meter Peter and Stringer coming back. And he's still – he'll take some time to find his his touch, but um, they're finding other avenues to goal and, and doing really well. And you can't ask for much more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but, I mean, are they a, a legit show to win Anzac Day, the Bombers? I mean, I, I saw, obviously, the Pies firsthand – they really had to pull out some good footy to to get the job done. It was a bit of an arm wrestle there. Small forwards ripped us to shreds, and we we kicked back into it late. But um, I think look, they're they're gettable the pies. Uh, so Don's fans, it's a yeah, it's setting it up. I, I think they're a real chance. Yeah, well, they're a bet, Tom. Two ninety with the tab right now. That is a bet. You rank outsiders, have. but yeah. If, I mean, if Draper can keep the form, the Pies Ruck division, look, it's setting up for a great Anzac Day, which we love. So, so side note, why why Carlton favourites against the Saints? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think we're an unknown. I still feel like I'm not 100% sure what I'll get each week apart from effort. Um, Jack, you know, Jackie Steele's back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's back. Oh. I'm, I'm Look, Captain Courageous. Maybe it's the weight of the Carlton money. I, I would have thought we we would have gone close to that one. We're still still top of the ladder and we play good footy tonight. So, yeah, that, that one's a puzzle. That could be a bit of value getting on the Saints there, the marquee game on the Sunday. It, oh, is it, oh, okay. But look, we're struggling to get a ticket. Carlton fans are buying those. So, don't worry, I'll be there. I've, we've, we've snaffled one, but uh, it's, it's going to push the 49 that turned up for Good Friday, Seb, I reckon, that one next no. Sunday. The exciting. That's, yeah, almost game of the round if you didn't look at the other ones. Um, <laughs> no, nah, it's it's up there. It's in my top half. Um, have you got any other winners or losers? Well, I mean, I, I, can I say the Giants are the winner in that they avoided a little bit of an embarrassing loss there? Well, I mean- are the Hawks the winners for putting on a great show, being right in it, having a shot 
on the death that just got touched and still losing, so they just keep the lock on that number one pick? Well, word on the street was uh, big, big. I think is it not Harley Reid? I could be wrong about the name there. The big, uh, the big number one pick. A uh, lot of Hawk scouts watching him. I'm pretty sure he was playing in Adelaide on the weekend, and and they had their eyes on him. He wore orange boots, from what I've heard. So I mean, they're saying they don't have an eye on him, but they do have an eye on him. And look, this wouldn't have gone astray. Um, if anything that we learnt from the Melbourne's tanking or non-tanking back in the day, this is as good as you could get. If you are trying to do that kind of tanking, you get close, but you don't take the home the four points and you keep that high draft pick. Yeah, well, I take tanking out. I don't think they're tanking, not as a club, not as a team on game day. Um, I no, think well, I'd look, yeah, I can put garbage out, I bait from the media. Yeah. Um, but all, all the same, going so close and losing, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, it was a winnable game for both clubs. So, you know, you'd be disappointed game day and all that sort of stuff, but just long-term, letting that one go, no problem at all, Hawks. Um, and obviously the top of the table clash was hidden in the in the 450 slot on a Sunday, Collingwood St Kilda. Um, I'm telling you now, Tom, if you don't support the Saints, it's not an attractive brand of footy to watch. Yeah, well, hard to argue with that. Um, you know, when it was sort of, what was it at halftime, like 28 to 27. Um, it, it, look, it was a grind. It was a grind to watch even as a, as a Saints fan because it, it's just, I don't know if you could say that this is our full brand because we've played a, a more attractive brand leading up to this game. I think it was just two hard-nosed sides going at it and defence one out. Um you know, there, there were a lot of mistakes. It was it was high pressure. Um, you know, there, there was a lack of flow. Um, you know, small forwards leading the way really from both sides. So yeah, look, I don't blame you, Seb. I mean, I could I could have told you that in round one. We, we, you know, we we ground that one out. But apart from that, we've played better. Uh, you know, more attractive on the eye footy. But yeah, it's going to be like that all year. I think. That was the highest score kicked against us all year, 70. You know, that that was almost kicked against the Hawks in a quarter last week. So that that's just the way we're playing. Uh, I, look, we're winning at the moment. We didn't win today, but we're 4-1. Uh, and one, and if, it, if it gets us results, I'll take it. You, are, you certainly take it. I'm not, I'm not saying suggesting you shouldn't take it. I'm just suggesting... Um, you might switch off if it continues. Well, it will continue. So you're going to, are you switching off? I didn't really switch on to this game, to be honest, Tom. Um, Collingwood without 15 Ruckman and Fords and the Saints without Fords, their captain, and, and this style of footy, it just didn't... People were saying it's the top of the table clash, but it didn't look like it to me. Yeah, I don't know if you're out of touch with the top of the ladder at the moment, given the ruse form, um, but it was an arm wrestle. It look, yeah, I, I can't say it was pretty on the eye. You've got me there. It wasn't, and yep. it's not going to stop. Can I ask you how many, well, I was going to say weeks, it could be months for Caminiti? Uh Yeah, I've, I've seen that that one come through. Um, that, that hurts because he's, he's been a bit of a spark for us. So, uh, look, I, I can't put a number on it, but um, he, he's looking like a, a little stint on the sidelines, which, which isn't great. We're, we're, and- we're lacking height up forward. A memory's not going to be the, the answer next week. So we, we do actually need him out there. He is giving yeah. us something. Can you put a number on it? Because someone's going to have to. 
Yeah, true. Well, how, how did Murphy come out of it? I think he, he actually played a pretty good game. He surprised me. I didn't he's, really he's know. He's concussed and won't play Anzac, though. Yeah, okay. Well, if that's the result, then, yeah, it's got to be multiple at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to the tribunal and they'll oh, be well, looking That's probably for good news. Four, you reckon? Jeez. Four, bloody hell. Well, this, um, is, this is the modern-day version of Barry Hall. Bloody hell. Um, but you, you've seen it. Like, he gets pushed from behind or whacked from behind and then just elbows to the chin. Yeah, well, that's not Barry Hall-esque, is it? That's, well, that's a bit extreme. That was a, that was a genuine King hit. Um, look, it, it, have we not seen Cheeky? I mean, I'm not, I don't want to condone the, uh, the incident, you know. But Take your Saints hat off. How many weeks? Oh, probably three. I think three. Well, I mean, if it's going to the tribunal, you'd, you'd think it would be at least three. Um, so we'll start there. What do, what do you think? Oh yeah, three to four. Three to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three three to four. Um, it just with the way concussions are getting judged at the moment. Um, yeah, three well, to it's four. It's a it's a lottery in a way, given given what we've seen. I mean, what it would what about um you know Mackay last week getting off? I mean, we, that that was that as bad. I mean, a result from the tribunal. I mean, we're lacking consistency. The whole thing's got to go, doesn't it? Yep, yep, no doubt. It's got to go, and they—the fact we talk about whether it was concussed or not—just just grade the incident. I mean, that's why, and and Essendon fans will hate this, but I think Zach Merritt should just get a week and and move on with it. But based on the fact that previous ones have been thrown out or adjudicated differently, they'll probably challenge this to get him off for Anzac Day. Um, the, but we saw the two tackles. I mean, Geelong read the writing on the wall and they challenged Gary Rollins and then withdrew the challenge once Will Day was was upheld. So yeah. they – it just it, – it's so simple for me to have someone just sit there and adjudicate from the AFL. And if the clubs have a real issue with it, well, then they'll go through the, the challenge. I guess that's what they want to avoid, the clubs going – no, that's not fair. We're going to sue you and all this other garbage. I think they yeah. need to have some sort of ruling that there is no legal grounds for a club to sue or do anything. Like you can't bring that into the sport. Let's just call them what they are and and those sling tackles into the ground are at least a week. Two, if it's an arm pinned in a twirl, like Zach Merritt just had him really strongly and dumped him. Yeah. So I'd call that a week. If you're slinging him, the slinging motion gets extra momentum, head hits the turf, two weeks. Call them what they are instead of farting around with with. Well, it did get him high, but I was. They said the Mackay one. He went for the shoulder and hit the shoulder and went up into the head. And I thought he'd get off, but I thought if they were serious about protecting the head, they'd just make sure he got a week and and make Carlton live with it. Like that's yeah. that's the thing. Get rid of the stupid axe. If you don't do it, they can't suspend you. Yeah, look, it's fair. Um, I mean, the Caminiti one, I guess you could also throw in that it was way off the ball too, so that, that probably doesn't help. Um, but speaking of the tackles, though, they, I don't know if it'll come up, but I might be going early. I did see one from Liam Stocker, and he got Jamie Elliott, he, look, who played out the game. It, he didn't sling him, but he tackled him, you know, both arms, and he sort of couldn't break his fall. If that's a concussion, is that a suspension? Like that's uh, not a sling. That's just a, a tackle where he couldn't 
look after himself. So is that the duty of care? Like, I don't know where that kind of tackle sits. That might cop a fine maybe coming up in the next day or two. I'm not sure, but. Well, this is, this is the issue and this is where they've got themselves, you know, like how, where, where's the duty of care? Um, I mean, the Tom Lynch thing got thrown out because. Yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. That he was out, half entitled to jump, but he should have seen the player coming, but he didn't see the player coming. But I, I still think this, in that situation, the duty of care is of the player running back with the flight of the ball to make sure no one's there to clean you up. Um, it Look, it, it's just a lottery at the minute, and they, they're they going to have to do something about it. When, what they do. Well, yeah, it won't happen this year because you can't, up and throw it out. It look, they it's really still should. Might, they yeah, really well, should just change are. it for the players' sake. But you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, look, I understand the need to you know bring bring some sort of maybe not lawyers, but some sort of eye to it. But I think it's yeah, it's got to stay. You you, you need some sort of appeal, so it's got to be some sort of system to grade it. And if you don't like it, you go this place, and then that's it, and we're done. You know, and uh, you know, and they're heard by. More, if it's independent, but it's not independent. So yeah, it's look, it's all over the place, uh, particularly as well with, with, as we saw with gather round. And I'm pretty sure the was the Will Day stuff. It might have been the day before the round even started, or bang on like that. That's just not on. Like it's got to if you if something comes up, it's got to be done and dusted the next within 24 hours for mine. That there's got to be something in the new system. We shouldn't have to wait till a round's done to get verdicts like. Call it a, a modern thing where we want answers now, 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 but this is the kind of thing where it makes sense just to not drag things out and leave players waiting all weekend enough. They're playing the next week. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're poking holes at left, right, and center. The whole thing needs an overhaul. We, we, we'll put our hands up to do it if the AFL can't find anyone, but it's just a mess right now. No doubt. No doubt. No, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, I think the thing that frustrates me is it's a mess and it's actually one of the simpler things to fix. It's not like a lot of these rules with all the gray area and all that sort of stuff that you can't just change. It's we've got a set of penalties that everyone thinks are appropriate and most people tend to agree on them, but we don't seem to be able to apply them consistently because we're going off a matrix and a, and a grading table instead of just looking at it and going, he's done this. The last player to do that was suspended for two weeks. He will suspend him for two weeks. And then everyone's fairly suspended for two weeks. And sure, there might be the odd anomaly, but if you want to protect the head and keep players playing the game and not have this concussion issue going around, well, you got to start suspending players for it and letting them adjust their behavior instead of letting them off every second week because there's a technicality or, or an issue with law. But... um Look, we've spent far too much time on the MRO, Tom. The, the it's my lottery. least favourite topic in footy, I reckon. So <laughs> the least, the least we could talk, the less we can talk about it, the better, I reckon. Can I give you the Premiership pyramid? Yes, it hit me because I'm interested. Like, yeah. is there movement? There's been a little bit of movement. So good, I was good. Collingwood at the top. All okay. right. So they're, they're top of the pyramid. All right. I'm, yep, that's directly fair. below them is the number one challenges. I've got Melbourne and Geelong. This has not changed. It'll take a little bit to change it. Now, if you look at the ladder, Geelong are still 10th, but they have a percentage of 119. There are only five teams with a percentage higher than that. So all they need to do is win next week. They do play Sydney, but in Geelong. 
Um, <laughs> I was going to say they'll they'll have something nice and cushy. They've they've had the best three game stretch. Yeah, Sydney this go season. all right down there. Sydney go all right down there. Um, True. But if they win that, and one of those other teams above them drop, they flip, they jump it, they go straight up. So um, they. I expect they might lose this one. I don't know, but they're going to keep climbing. Their losses have been so close. Um, and I actually think one, two, there's only two teams that have scored more points than them this year, which is Melbourne and Adelaide. Um, so yeah. they're, they're right in the hunt. And the third rung, which is the other teams that I think can challenge. I've got St Kilda still there, Tom. Hanging in. I'll take that. Impressive against the Pies. I just, I don't really know what your team's going to look like till. You get some of these players back, like a, a memory, a king, a steel. They, they could be big boosts. Uh, I've got Sydney there. Good win, although they need to beat some of these teams. Beating Geelong would be a long, uh, a good start. And newcomers. Welcome yeah, in. oh, I like newcomers. Uh, Don't tell me you got you got the bombers on the pyramid. That's a turn up for the books. They beat Melbourne and beat them well. And they're four and one playing Collingwood, but they're flying. Um, and if I look at the ladder, right, Adelaide were a team I had in consideration. Brisbane were a team I had in consideration. Carlton are just playing too poorly, despite the fact they're fourth. You know, we've got the three C's in the top so they, four, they... Carlton, Collingwood, and Essendon. Um, I just think Essendon, they're second on the ladder. They haven't hit 500 points. They're on 498, so they're right there. But they've only let through 389 points, which is the third least. So ranking number third in defense. Saints are the best with only 297 conceded, which is about 100 yeah. better than, than the next. Um, it's shaping up to be an almighty clash, and I hope it doesn't let me down. <laughs> that, that is the worry, is that it, it does uh, it does fizzle. You did mention it. Look, so does that mean? So who's out? Who's out of your pyramid? Did you? Have, uh, I, I had Carlton in. Yeah, so Carlton are gone. Yeah, geez. Yeah. Yep. It, look, it, it's harsh, but it look one loss, one bad loss. So that's all it can take. I'll well, be interested to see if the Bombers can can hold because it's called a premiership pyramid. So I mean, that, that's probably getting ahead, but they can what consolidate at this rung and, and make finals and or win a final. Uh, you know, will they jump up next year? Is that your sort of thinking with them? Or are they a legit chance this year? The way they're playing, they just beat Melbourne, Tom, who I think were the better team. Uh, I think Melbourne were a better side, but Brad Scott out, out Fox, goody. Um, obviously, Max Gorn will be a big in, and that would have changed the game. But he wasn't there. So you got to adapt and, and play who you can and do what you can, and Melbourne couldn't, Essendon could. So... Yeah, I think Essendon can go all the way this year, Tom. Yeah, wow. I like the movement at the bottom of the pyramids. Now it's that it's that middle and top. I'm interested if if Collingwood can be knocked off their perch. Uh, would Geelong beating Sydney and you know Collingwood losing would that would that sway you? Oh, look, there's not a lot between the top three. There's there's Collingwood are there by the skin of their teeth because I think they were the most impressive early, um, and Geelong. Slash Melbourne haven't done anything to knock them off that perch. Melbourne were four and one. It'd probably be a different conversation, but they lost to the Bombers. Um, Geelong probably need to beat Sydney and we can start talking about it. 
Essendon could thrash Collingwood and just jump the both of them. I would love to see that. But that would, I guess, get some of those Bombers fans we might have burnt off with a couple of roastings back. If Essendon win this game by six, seven, eight goals, that's a big if. What what happens? So are they premiership favourites? Yeah, well, look, you're talking to a Saints fan here who the lid would be well and truly off, but... You know, we are still in April, so I don't know if we—I don't even know if we should even talk premiership favourites. It's just something you got to do. But look, they'd be the best team in the land, uh, well, unless the Saints beat the Blues and their second best team. But it'd be huge if—I mean, I think that margin would be massive if they can trounce the Pies. That—that's—that's that's huge. Yeah, and so my thing about that is they—they they just did that to Grundy. Collingwood have got. Um... As I was saying on Fox Footy, Peter Frampton, in the yeah. you know they're they're like Grundy's a step above what Collingwood have currently got. Um, so it's it's going to be a yeah. Anzac Day will tell you a lot about where those clubs are at and whether they're legit or not. But it it's shaping up to be a good contest. Um, and that's why like Adelaide, Brisbane on the fringes, maybe Port Adelaide. Um, Freo knocking on your off. door yet? No, no, okay. not Freo. They've got to beat beat the dogs well, and then we can have a have a conversation. But the thing is, Freo have got to do something well, and one of these teams has got to drop off. So you know, if Geelong belt Sydney, there's an opening. Um, if Carlton belt Securita, which I definitely can't see happening, that's an opening. Um, but yeah, that's that's where the premiership sits at the moment, Tom. Yeah, I like it. I'm liking the pyramid. I'm liking movement. And I'm liking you mixing them around. Essendon fans, we're, this has probably been one of the better episodes you'll hear from us. So enjoy it and beat the pies on Anzac Day. Well, speaking of round six, we've obviously given that game a fair bit of airtime. It, it probably is the stand. Well, it is the standout for the round. But does anything else take your fancy looking forward, Seb? Well, I mean, the Saturday night GMHBA Geelong Sydney is probably one of the key clashes. You've got the other top top four play each other. It's first versus fourth St Kilda v Carlton. Yes. I'm still stunned the Saints are not favourites. Um, you, you play Marvel better. You you don't give up a score and Carlton just bomb it inside 50. Like you'll eat that for breakfast. Um, Anzac Eve, that could just be the end of the dynasty, as you wanted to keep calling it. That could just be a nail in the coffin type setup. Um I look, I'm with you so far. I think they're they're all look they're all the main standouts. I mean, eleventh v fourteenth doesn't scream blockbuster, but yeah, if, if Frio can you know announce that they're back with a win here, I mean, yeah, if the dogs win, they just hang around, which I think is the way they operate. I mean, even when they're making grannies, they've never been top four, so they 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 hang around the mark, and this would be that kind of win. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's it's. I don't know if you'd say it's a classic round elsewhere, um, but yeah, there's enough. There's enough there for the fans. Well, Adelaide have got to be sharp to get Hawthorne. Hawthorne are playing some. They're playing some good footy for a team that's you know down and out. They're not the 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 walkovers we saw in the first two weeks of the year are not what's dishing up every week. Now, Geelong got hold of them, but Geelong are the reigning premiers. Like very different to. Um, 
you know, Essendon getting hold of them when we're not really sure where Essendon are going. Um, so Adelaide have got a chance to really solidify a good win against Carlton and come out and beat Hawthorne. Um, the Suns have got a chance for their second win and they desperately need to take it to hold off the Sharks around Stewie Dew because I'm telling you, if North win that, there will be blood in the water and those <laughs> yeah, journos will sniff, be Sharks. You can sniff that out from a mile off. Uh, no, I don't blame you. Um, that is, That is a chance. I mean... I don't think we're going to learn anything from Power V Eagles at Adelaide in Adelaide Oval, apart from does that ground crew have the ability to reinvigorate a game, a ground that's cop six games in a weekend. And I guess the Lions V the Giants, you'd, you'd think, even though that one's in Canberra, you'd think the Lions get that one done oh, and you don't give them much if, you know, they do beat the Giants, even if it is down there. They lose that though. And I guess they cop another hit from you. Um, you, well, but it's not a hit, Tom. I just don't have to give them any credibility because they're not beating good sides. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I'm not even not sure how to approach the Lions for the rest of the year, Seb, because we've both said it'll take finals wins for us to change our opinions on them. So do we just disregard them for the year? Well, no. Ultimately, yes, but the the season's so close. They're going to have to win some of these other ones. So then they host Fremantle. In Queensland, you expect them to win that. It's the longest trip in footy. Um, Carlton at Marvel, that'll be a week for them to show their colours. Uh, Essendon up there, probably should, should win that. Should win that. But Essendon, who knows? They could be 7-1 and one by then, Tom. They're just <laughs> flying the bombers. They they haven't had this much padding on the back all all show really in our four years of existence so lap it up on this fans but look like you said there's there's plenty in this round that, that we think it's predictable but yeah you try getting nine tips every week but can't name too many people that have done it this year uh that's what we love about the comp at the moment and i'm looking forward to round six